Flyway Connections is brought to you by The Real Decoy. If you're looking to make your decoy spread come alive, check out the products. From the Roughneck and Natural Swimmer with the Max Flow Keel Design for optimal speed and battery life. To their Natural Flutter Extreme Mod 1, featuring their new proprietary Tsunami Wave technology that gives your decoy spread natural water movement. If you're the hardcore waterfowler looking for hardcore motions, look up the Real Decoy products at realdecoy.com. Use promo code FWC22 for 15% off of your next purchase. everybody to another show of flyway connections like always my name is chris i'm here with both my buds sharp and joe joe hey what's going on brothers hey today for this evening's episode we're kind of doing you know a, ba- a duck uh, duck hunting gear banter of each picking out two things two must gear pieces that we want for this upcoming season the 2022-2023 waterfowl season so I know we're all gear nuts, boys. Um, I, I'm a, I am a gear nut. Um, that's kind of why I fell into the duck hunting. Why you know, I think about it all year, and sometimes, sometimes all these gear catalogs get me through the dog days of summer and stuff. When you know, when you know, we're just wishing we're out there um, duck hunting. But you know, hey, it's only six more months until season. I don't know if you guys, you know, you guys are tracking that. Yeah, man. Count the days. Yeah, count down the days and months already. But, I mean, I, I've been looking at some, you know, some of this, this gear coming out, and there, there's a, there one, there's some real good sales on some gear gear right now for all the viewers. You know, this is a time of year we kind of see the sales spike uh, of all the gear that maybe last the newer gear from last year that's getting sold out before the the new before the new new comes out, and like just some of the new gear and the new camouflage that are coming out. But um, we'll start with you, Sharp. What's some of the because uh, you. I know I like the group that we have right now because you know you guide all season. I take mm-hmm. guys out for nonprofit, and then, you know Chris is like the, the the fun hunt, relax hunt guy that gets after him, and you know he has pretty much every piece of equipment you, you can think of a man <laughs> in, a, in like a one season period. Too but, much money, man. Yeah, sharp listening. Yeah, What's, <laughs> yeah, bro. What, what are your two big pieces of gear? that are getting you going for this upcoming season? Well, I already have a list of gear that I need, like just adding on of stuff I already have. <laughs> it's always a need. But I guess like my two biggest ones, I think I'm going to go with the uh, the shin gear waders. Um, I've just gone through the cheap waders so often so fast like just small little things happening and you know, and you know our, not to cut you up, I, I mean i've hunted with you those aren't cheap waders that you wear the lacrosse is banded those aren't cheap they're not cheap yeah. but but like i guess i'm saying like cheap like cheaply made because they don't last for me like yeah it's a seam or something like that and I, I guide up in Walnut Ridge and I was thinking if I get these shins, like I was listening to him on another podcast, the guy tore his waders. They took him in and patched him that day. So, I mean, that's, that's big for me is being able to go get 
another pay, like a pair fixed. I had to do that one time. I mean, I had to go set a spread and check a field and then run down to DNW outdoors in Jonesboro, go get a new pair of waders and run back up and meet my clients at the lodge and get them all settled and ready for the next hunt. So, I mean, it's just that kind of convenience thing. So, so, so what's something that actually pushed you to, towards them? Cause I know, uh, we all know Sitka does the, the lifetime warranty um joe joe's kind of our gear um nerd yeah any I mean, other companies yeah. actually any other companies actually do the lifetime warranty as far as waiters just or sharp do you know i like so, like the straps and stuff on the shin are a little yeah. bit different just kind of like some of the stuff that they've done i just like how they designed it 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 just kind of fits what i'm looking for a little bit more yeah and yeah. it's, almost, it's crazy too, because like it's it's like the new kid on the block. You like, I mean, I I, I ain't gonna lie. I, I've actually thought about getting them this season, but that's not one of the two things or one of the things I actually want to get this season. And Joe kind of talked out it, talked to me out of talked a little bit about it. Like, wait till my waiters are gone, whatever. Because I have another, I have two other sets. So, um, but yeah. Go What's ahead. your second set? I, I know you have the, those Cabela's out. Like, um, it's the. Uh, the um, God, what's the one that that sold at Nichols? The Tide. Um, oh yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, the uh, Tywads uh, or whatever. Tywad. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my second thing. Wait, wait, wait what? But before you go, what pattern? What pattern? Oh, on those, I'm gonna get solids. I'm a big solid guy. I want browns. Yeah. I like browns. solids because I'm hunting pits. So you know, you don't really need camo but even even if with that brown in the uh rice stubble and grass on levees and yeah. stuff it just matches you can't, you can't go match. wrong either no. okay. now on those uh for the viewers i know you guys don't um probably don't know sharp's a big fly fisherman uh how big was your fly fishing side of it um made you go toward gravitate those towards those waders that's that's probably another reason too because like i do a lot of winter fly fishing like once the season's out and i come back i have a farm in north carolina so i'll go fly fish and stuff up there and those shins are they're kind of like that material and you can layer more inside of them and like that's kind of what i want because like i found when i'm putting on those breathable insulateds and you you know it's 45 degrees even though i might just be wearing like a real real light pair of sweats or like joggers under it after setting decoys walking 300 yards back from the machine i'm soaking wet and sweat yeah. so i kind of want something like that to where it's on days where it's not going to be super cold i'm gonna still be comfortable and yeah. i think like that material i found like that material kind of holds up a little bit better than the outside material on most breathables we see on the market right now yeah now i know you're a big sitka guy as well what made you go towards those over the sitkas i had a buddy who uh who's kind of knows people and with shin he was like hey you're gonna want to uh he's like you're going to want to wait. Shin's going to be coming out with some really high quality stuff. And I, I've always been a big fan of the solids and it seems like they're coming out with solid jackets. So like, I think they just came out with that solid, uh, rain jacket and stuff like that. Yeah. They're kind of stuff. Yeah. 
that solid color because it can be used anywhere. You know, all you got to do is just get hot behind something hot. And I don't know. I'm just kind of, I like the sleekness of solids. I've always worn like brown, brown jackets or hoodies and stuff hunting. It's just, I, I like it. And then I like the solids too. Cause you can mitch, you can mismatch your camos and like, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like have coordination. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I like, you know, because Sivka came out with a solid this year that I really like. I really like that brown and tan it came out with. Um, yeah, we and, know uh, Sean from The Real Decoys actually had him. Yeah, Sean, yeah. The yeah. only thing I, I, I mean, I like, and I know a lot of guys that have Sivka, I'll tell you straight up, I'm the only guy in Val and Honor in their waterfall section that doesn't use Sivka waders. Um, you know, and they're good. And they do stand true with their um, their what do you call it? their warranty. But I notice where their boot, the neoprene, and the breathable stuff—that's uh, where they always have their blowouts around there. I know they said they fixed it, and I—I you know, I mean, with the quality stick that it comes out with, it probably has fixed it. But I still feel that I still want that overpant that goes over the boot. That you know that you see in Banded Drake and in now Shane, I think it, it, it just adds a second layer of protection around the most vulnerable spot in waders. Everyone knows the boot and your crotch, the seams in the crotch area are probably your most vulnerable spots when it comes to um, waders. And and do those actually have the uh, Joe likes to call the foreskin? Do they actually have the boot foreskin? foreskin? <laughs> yeah. Do those, yes, the they do. Actually, come with the sheens. Come with the okay. Yep. Like they kind of have one over it. And I've always been like one of those guys where I can kind of like hop. I like to hop brands because like certain brands have better stuff, like for yeah. certain things like gloves and jackets or, you know, I've never just been like, I'm sticking to one, like one brand just because I want this brand name. It's like, I'm yeah. using it because oh, wait, this outperforms this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm honestly, man, I'm with you. Like, I get like the whole loyalty thing, but when it comes to like trying to innovate your game, when it comes to like, you know, waterfowl <laughs> hunting, man, it, it I, I just think you got to mix it up sometimes. Yeah. You know? I'm bad about that. I, yeah, I, 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 I do have brand loyalty. Hey, uh, hey, yeah. And I'll be the first to admit it. Anybody who's out there, Joe is legit brand loyal. Yeah. I am brand loyal. <laughs> and uh, I, not that I knock on brands. And even the people know, I don't we, even post that for. Yeah, we, we we try to speak the truth, um, but I think uh, Joe is a little, yeah. I mean, but at the same time, man, you can kind of go opposite because you are, you even though you uh, you are brand loyal, you can say, ah, yeah, but you know what I mean? I, I, I try and still speak the, I, I, I do, yeah. you know, you tell me if I'm wrong, I still do speak the truth and beat up some of these brands that I'm loyal to. And it's not because I, I, I think I find flaws in them necessarily, and I think highly of them, and I want them to step their game up. Because, I mean, um, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I, I do kind of get like, – like I told you before, in my the way I duck hunt is consistency. And I try to stay consistent with everything I do from shotguns to chokes to the, you know, the gear I wear to the calls I blow. Um I get real bad with calls. Calls are is where you know when people talk call, stuff about my calls, my lanyard, like we're fighting in the water, yeah. like we're wrestling. <laughs> yeah. 
But man, I'm actually pretty excited this season because when we get uh, people don't know we're gonna get together for a teal hunt uh, down in Louisiana. Um, man, I, I need I need to I, I want to see how those machines perform, yeah, you know, how they feel and comfort. So I'm I'm gonna, yeah, bro, I'm excited for you, man. Yeah. yeah. What's your big number two? My big number two is I'm gonna put a snorkel on my machine because I almost hydro locked it this year. Yeah. And I was really scared. I had to come get someone pull me out. So I'm going to kind of, I guess my number two would be like, I'm going to hook up my machine a little bit more. I'm going to put a few more lights on it. I'm going to put another uh, quack rack. I think I'm gonna so own. for the viewers that, that, you know, maybe some of the, some of the northerner guys up there in Michigan area or um, the guys down here in Louisiana, we don't call them machines. You call them bikes. Bike. Call it a bike. <laughs> yeah, call it a bike. Four wheels, but we call it a bike. Yeah. <laughs> Four wheels. Man, I got a funny story about that. So we show up. Uh, I met this, we met this guy on uh Facebook, Brett Chapman, he's the one I do uh, my teal hunts for. And we show up there and he's like, You boys got a bike? I'm like, No, no, we didn't bring any bikes. You know, we, we brought a Polaris. He's like, Yeah, hey, you got a bike. And one of the guys that came and hunted with us, he ain't never hunted before. And I mean, we almost got him to bring a bike like he had it in his truck. And we're like, All right, all right, leave the bike at home. Leave the bike at home. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what are you running when it comes to the machine, the bike, the four-wheeler, the side-by-side? Um, I got a 2017 Mule FXT Pro, which is an 820. Um, I got a 6-inch lift on it, and I got a quack rack on the back and on the front. But I really – I kind of want one on the top just to kind of hold in gear. Um, yeah. Because – as a lot of people know, in Arkansas, you can't drive a truck out down the levee roads most of the time. Or same, the, same in Louisiana. So you've got to bring everything in that way. And so it's just kind of the more room I can maximize and more gear I can carry out there, it saves me more time. Yeah. So I think that's one of my, my big number two. I do, like I said, I do have a lot of stuff I need to get like gear-wise, you know, but a lot of that gear is stuff I already have. We just need to yeah. kind of stuff's been decoys been shot a few full, full yeah, body yeah yeah <laughs> like so, you know, just re-upping on on the basics yeah i mean you know not to get off topic yet that's you know my only big you know other than what i'm going to talk about my other big buy is replacing decoys um you know, i do take a lot of beginner hunters out and a lot of guys out and um i don't care what no one says people judge me whatever Hey man, I put them feet on the water and we're shooting them on the water. Um, you know, if, if, if I call and I, I could trick that duck that's hatched in, hatched in um, the Dakotas and Canada and it's flown down here to Louisiana, Southwest Louisiana, if you lose my call it swallow. <laughs> and I can put, you know, I can put the ticka ticka, dugga dugga on them and the yanka yanka and um, he puts his feet out. And his boots touch the water, buds, we're shooting them off the water. Granted, um, sometimes there's casualties of war when it comes to that, especially during teal season. Um, some guys say that's unethical, but to me, unethical is shooting 60, 70-yard yeah. shots and cripping birds. If I shoot a 10-yard bird on the water, clean kill, um, to me, that's the most thing. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I had a, uh, which is crazy because I actually had guys uh, here in North Texas like 
I was like, hey, whatever. You have those guys like, yeah, says like, oh, why are you doing? It? Like, don't worry about it, man. Just how many how many birds you got? Okay, yeah. But anyways, yeah. But how I'm, many do you lose? Yeah, how many did you lose? But anyways, um, I actually want to bring this up for you guys went forward. But if you guys actually want to see it, um, Sharp's whole setup, or whatever. There's a glimpse of it on our Instagram. Um, we posted pictures of it and his little quack rack and. Yeah, uh, him showing off and stuff. So it's pretty. He had he had some pretty good hunts. So I will say this from actually sharp guiding me. Um, he ain't joke, man. Like his Polaris when that mule goes out there. I mean, he's fitting six, seven dudes on there. Two dogs. Um, Layout oh, works. Like yeah. 12, 12 dozen de- not twelve decoys, twelve dozen decoys. Yeah. All were shotguns. All were bags. We have room. Um, and then, hey, man, Sharp's a hell of a cook. When he was talking earlier, we were talking offline about him getting ready for his dudes. Like, we got to the lodge, and we had dinner cooked for us already. Hey, bro, I didn't have no dinner made for me. Yeah, hey. Well, hey. My homemade <laughs> deer chili. Yeah, homemade oh, deer chili. We had wrapped speckle belly, barbecued speckle belly for us. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, you know, Sharp's not just a duck. I mean, he is the, the true guide when it comes to that stuff. People talk about the guide. You, know, you have some guys that all they do is they go out there and guide, and they, oh, we can shoot ducks. Got it. There's another aspect of of of, of um, guiding where it's the hospitality portion and just being a good dude and be able to sell in that lifestyle and stuff. And I'll tell you what, man. That's sh- I mean, me and Sharp hit it out. It was it was like this. You want to do karate in the basement? (laughs) (laughs) We just become best friends. We just become best friends. Yeah, Yeah, y'all got to check him out. But um, again, his his stuff is legit on... uh, We're going to keep posting some more stuff on uh, the Flyway Connections Instagram. And man, he he did work. And this season, we're all going to do it together. So give us one bonus item. I know we said two, but let's let's each come up with th- that one bonus item where it's a hit or miss. It ain't gonna ruin your season, but it'll definitely make things better. So, uh, I have another dog on the way. I'm okay. getting a dog in I'm nice dog Memorial Day weekend. I'm getting another yellow lab. So, nice. yep, dog seven, get another dog. Another Brit. Uh, yeah, he's kind of out of like there. It's kind of like a. It's he has British clearance, but he does have Americans. So like they bred, they bred these dogs to be like have that really really high drive of the American, but then also be able to like bring them in the house and the chillness of yeah. the British. Nice, nice. Yeah, All, I mean, when you have, when you bring a new dog in, I mean, one it tastes you know, and I know you had to scare this you know this last week with yeah. your dog running off a little bit, but, you know. <laughs> Hey, t- tell so people don't know because people aren't gonna know what happened. Tell the I guess the listeners what happened exactly because I know you were freaking out. We saw all the posts on Facebook, and I mean I was feeling for you, man, because I got a dog. Granted, my dog not as good as your dog, so I could have chunked that as a loss. No offense, <laughs> my dog. <laughs> so um, we were grilling out on a Saturday night. Had some ribs on the grill, and I just fed my dog, let him out, and you know, was hanging out in the backyard. About an hour goes by, and I didn't notice him. I was like, "Where'd he go? Where'd he go?" 
And I mean, he's done that where like he'll go off 20, 30 minutes in the woods and he'll come back. I mean, it's been nothing. But like the last time someone saw him, he was up in the front yard by the road. And I mean, he's never been gone for 24 hours. And I woke up, or I guess it wasn't 24 hours, but I woke up the next morning, he was gone. And that's not like him to miss meals. Then like once 24 hours kind of hit and I put a big Facebook post out. But he was only 200 yards from my house. He went out, the guy down the street that just moved in, he has 30 French Bulldogs. And I said, how many dogs you have in heat when I went and picked them up? He said, eight. Well, he smelled. <laughs> oh, he sounds so some girlfriends. Yeah, this guy was out playing in his yard with his dog right about six o'clock when he when he left, and uh, I didn't have a collar on him at the time, so he just kind of went over to the guy's yard, and the guy's a big dog person, so we put him in his uh, little fenced-in backyard where he keeps his dogs, and I put up a bunch of signs. I mean, shoot, I was up to like a five hundred dollar reward, man. I was freaking out real bad. And I had signs up. And then that Monday, I guess he saw it, and they gave me a call and I offered him the money. He's like, no, nah, man, take take your dog back. He's like, I never call animal control either because, like, he said, they'll put them down. I usually <laughs> take on another dog or wait for signs to come up. And when I see signs, I'll call them. That's but, awesome. Man. Well, man, it's, it's, awesome. it's good to know there's good people like that out there still. Yeah, it's awesome. It really was. I mean, it's nice to have good people around, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's and I mean, it, we all joke around, like, regardless of how bad my dog is and retrieving, I still love him. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I have the same one. I have a big old 90 yeah. pound chocolate lab. Yeah. That's, your, your uh, chocolate my, lab is a teddy bear, man. Yeah. He's my lab dog. If y'all haven't seen Joe's Indiana, lab, yeah. He's going to, like, wait a minute. Is that a lab? Like, this thing is huge. Like, yeah. He's but, a big old, yeah, he, he's a teddy bear. Yeah, he's a big old brute, but yeah, he's a teddy bear. And what's really bad is he was a rescue, and I was training him. Tra- and he got real good at retrieving everything. He'd have been a good field dog. If I lived in Nebraska, Dakotas, where I was field hunting, he'd been great. I took him to the lake. The water touches his belly. He looked at me, and he was like, bud, nope. <laughs> it ain't happening. He did not. Yeah, big chocolate lab. Don't like the water. Well, see, I mean, here's, hey. the, here's, the, here's the opposite with mine. He loves the water too much. He's gonna jump in the water and play in the water. Where and 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 granted, let people listen. I'm not a dog trainer. I should have paid the money. I get it, but um, you know, lessons learned. I'm still gonna work with him. He's still young. He's uh, just turned a year this month, actually. So, oh yeah, got time. yeah, yeah man, I got plenty of time. Like Joe, uh, the 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 other Joe, which um, but give you a shout out. I know you're busy. Can't wait for you to come back on the show. For everyone, all of the listeners, Joe Myers, he's getting ready to make some big moves, moving back to uh, Washington for that uh, Pacific Flyway hunts. Um, we'll be doing some hunts out there with him in Washington this year. But um, I mean, we deployed his dog's first year of his life. Came back, and I mean, that dog right now, I'll tell you, if he if he competed in him, it, it'd be a champ. Um, but I mean, yeah. So I mean, don't I give up on your dog. I think that's what kind of motivates me because, like, and I, I talked to Joe a little bit uh, a couple of times before uh, in the past about what he did, and I think that kind of motivated me. So still working with him. We'll see what happens, and uh, maybe I'll take him this season during two, and hopefully he doesn't uh, upset Joe too much because <laughs> he, 
Dogs don't upset me, man. But during kill season, I, I I do warn everybody, man. Like, yeah, those gators ain't no joke. Sometimes gators ain't no joke, and it's like we're just getting back to it. I know my like last season, I had to get after Wyatt's butt a couple times. You know, just getting him back into it. You know, a couple breaking here and there, get a couple good corrections on him. Then he was good to go. Yeah, but, like, those teal come in. Low, hot, and fast. Yeah, and when they start breaking that teal season, can be, yeah, can can be. And for me, it's it's where I hunt is I'm I'm a a gator rich environment, uh, where sometimes I'm even like, oh god, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get in the boat and paddle out there and pick the ducks up. Yeah. Oh yeah, no if, <laughs> teal season. You can only hunt your dog in a field with yeah like, with two or three inches of water, maybe deer bread. You still got to wear the moccasins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a sketchy thing, man. I mean, we'll knock when you when you duck hunt in Louisiana. Yeah, you're committed. Like you're, uh, yo, it's like, hey, you're committed because there's things that want to kill you in that water. And what's crazy though, man, is to be honest, I, I, I get the whole moccasin thing, but where we've hunted, we've honestly, I, I'm more worried about gators because we've really? seen more gators. And I've seen moccasins because we've yeah. seen them, and when we walk, but the gators are so docile when we hunt. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, this year in, in in the rice fields, I killed. There was one day where I killed more moccasins than I did ducks. Yeah, and I think it's the areas. Like I know when we hunted lacassins, I mean, we I've seen more gators. Gators than moccasins, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, then, but I will say, yeah, you they are docile. But, I mean, they they're rice. just trying to chill. Rice fields, you're going to see definitely more moccasins, though, because yeah. you're unless like, you know, you're close to a field that's kind of got a little. Well, because you have the crawfish, the minnows. Yeah, there's more. There's more food there from yeah, I mean, I, in, like smaller gators in, in rice fields. Yeah, you know, I have, you know, it, irrigation it, it, ditches. Dog, yeah. Most of the time, I mean, the, you're not seeing much that's going to like really get your dog. You know, if, if you got fields with like canals and stuff, then yeah, they're going to get. Yeah. In. You're but in there. majority of the time, like during teal season on rice fields, you can see him out there unless like he's all the way on the far side of the field, hanging out right on the, the levee ditch. Yeah. But most of the time you can see him out there in those, those rice fields. Cause the water's so, yeah. so low. Yeah. So Chris, going back to the year, so what, what's getting you hot and heavy this year? So there is one thing as it's crazy. Cause I do have three things. There's two things that I really, really, um, they're making me, I guess you would say high and heavy. Um, and there's one thing that, uh, it, it's not, it, I wouldn't worry too much about it for me anyways, but I'm going to go with the first one. The first one is, uh, now if everybody knows they've been following us. I did make a DIY scissor blind. Um, and I posted on Instagram. It worked great. It worked amazing. But but um man i I really been looking at these uh drape the the gilly blinds the with the no shadow dual action uh how light they are they're only 65 pounds now i bought my all my stuff from home depot it was it worked great and if you watch the youtube if you go on your youtube channel you can watch how i made it if you're looking for low low budget, which what I was doing at the time, because I just bought the boat, I just bought all the stuff, and my wife wanted to kill Joe. So it yes. was uh <laughs> No, this is my fault. 
Take down one duck hunt. Because, See some ducks bitch yeah, in the woods. He, he thought that, yeah. But anyways, um, I real I've been looking at videos at a bunch of different uh, pop up blinds for my my and if people don't know I have I do have a, a war eagle uh, for my boat. And the only one that's really intrigued me, just because of the lightweight, the way it pops up, the easy release, the uh, the the whole um, mesh, uh, uh, the adjustable strap, the adjustable way you can hunt it. Um, it's this this Drake Gilly uh, blind. I I really like it. It comes with um, uh, a mud motor gate. Uh, I don't have I have an outer outer. Uh, uh, Mercury, but that's what I'm looking also to get this year's later. But that's not part of my two uh, is a mud motor, um, and it has the uh, the uh, see through uh, porthole mesh, which I really really like because I actually use those when I uh, big game hunt, like deer hunt, when I bow hunt, because they come with it with the pop up lines when you're on the ground or whatever, or even turkey hunting and stuff. Um, so are you? Are you? Is it a boat line you're going to get? Because I'm, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, it's the boat blind. It's the boat blind. It's the uh, the no shadow dual action top with uh, see through porthole mesh. Um, yep. It has two hunting settings, um, mud motor gate, uh, spring lock, and it, it, if you there's a videos on YouTube, you guys can watch it. Um, it's easy to pop up, easy to pop down. It, it's it's just the convenience is there now. I like how it's two level though. Yeah, you can make it. You can make a low profile and then pop it up even. Pop it yeah. up higher, and it, there's, it's a it's a it's like a dual way you can pop up uh, where you're shooting from. So, yeah, I like that. Um, I like the versatility. I guess if you can make that makes sense. So, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, it's um, a great good versatility. Yeah, so I mean, I like it. I really, I've, I've been looking at a lot of them. I know me and you, Joe, talked about it. I looked at the Avery's. The Avery's are nice, um, but I like the the way the design is. Um, yeah, it's easy access. Um, I, I just like it, man. I think I'm gonna go for that one now. Uh, later on, when we we talk later this season, after I guess this season happens, we'll kind of I guess we'll have a review on our new stuff that we've tried out, and uh, I'll I'll kind of give my input on what I like and didn't like. But then, what else is getting you all tickled up? Uh, so this is not my bonus, and I know it's gonna sound stupid. Is uh. A wading jacket. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can and, see that. <laughs> and the reason I say is, I get, I, I spent all money on decoys. I spent money on everything, but I found that um, even the jackets I had, if they weren't waterproof or water, right, water resistance, they got wet. It was annoying. And I know you guys know it. Um, and I know it's so. So you want one that's that's the when you say wading jacket because you. Man, so I'm gonna tell you which one. I hear. I'm, I'm gonna tell you which one I do want. And I know we kind of talked to this in the beginning, Drake. but yep, I want the Delta waiting jacket with the waterfall, the the waterfowl timber one because I like the black spots they put in the timber, in that timber design that they have, the Gore-Tex and everything. So what brand again? It's the it's the Sitka. Oh, Sitka, not Drake. Did I say Drake? My bad. Yeah, Sitka. it's the Sitka, the Delta waiting jacket. My bad. Yeah. So yeah. and I I, I, love- I like that. Yeah, what were you saying, Joe? Or uh, Sharp? I said I got it and I love it. Um, I know Shin just came out with one. Filson's got one too. But I do like the Sitka, man. Like you said earlier, 
I was doing like where I had old Drake and then I'd put like a rain jacket over it and I'd like switch rain jackets. And by the end of the day, I'd be soaked. My buddy's like in the, in the Sitka, the only thing that was wet was his forearms where water ran down. I was like, after that day, I went and bought that jacket. Next time, next door do I had that jacket. And see what I was doing is, uh, I had, uh, my, uh, I still have my smoker's jacket. It's a basically like it, it, uh, what is it? Joe and, the civilian world. Is so, just, uh, like, if you were to compare it to what's out what in the market, because um, I know it's like the, it's like, the, it's like a, a like a Drake or a banded um, layered two jacket. Yeah, the, um, so it, made it, of the same like stuff a, that, you, that the terror weight insulate waders are out of. Yeah, so it's like one of those. I used to wear that, and I got uh, um. I got this uh, sweater from Ducks Unlimited because I, I was part of the membership ducks unlimited um and i would wear that over it but every time it got wet man it was annoying so yeah because um, it, it was a fleece a little fleece pullover yeah right? it was that little yeah. fleece pullover that i and under it i would wear that smoker's jacket but i think i'm that's what i, I was like i gotta get something that's waterproof or water resistant and they work with gore-tex joe me and you work with gore-tex and yeah man all my and, adult life was being yeah, so, up. I mean, Gore-Tex is good. I yeah. we've, we've seen it work. Me and you have seen it work. I'm sure Sharp seen Gore-Tex work. Um, yeah. Well, you said you had this jacket, so yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's yeah, a man. game changer. And what I like about it, the waiting jacket over like the Hudson and stuff like that. Yeah. The reason why, like, when I got it, you know, I was I was on a budget type. Deal. But with that waiting jacket, you can layer. So it's like it's it's your outer shell. So I use yeah. it my outer shell all the time. How much different is that than the duck oven? Yeah, it's a it's a good. Uh, the duck oven's not uh not Gore Tex Pro. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's Gore Tex Infinity, which I think it like repels water a little bit but it like it'll get saturated after a while whereas okay. that waiting jacket is Gore-Tex Pro which is like the same material that they make the the waiters out of yeah so the same so, water so, material uh, for the military guys it's what your wet weather gear is made out of that, yeah yeah so i do have a surprising one um and people are like well why isn't that part of your hunting well because the Canadian geese don't work the way most other geese work. I guess all geese don't work the same way they work, but um, I, I'm looking, I really want to get the Pro Series uh, Canadian geese floaters from Tangle Free. Uh, just because the geese here that I, I saw last all last year um, were Canadians. I saw a number of Canadians. I didn't, I saw a number of darks. I didn't see snows. Uh, specs is not, I mean, that's more of Sharp's world, so I don't know if he's heard of any specs. I'm sure they're here, but and not in the area I was hunting at. All right. But that that's that's like my surprise one is uh I do want to get the Tangle Free Pro series Canadian geese floater. So uh just kind of like mix it up and hopefully pull in them uh Canadians, but man, as many Canadians I saw, none of them wanted anything to do with me. But I know me and you, Joe, talked. I mean, it had been the spread. They, they they wanted to go where they wanted to go. And yeah. Sharp, you know that. Uh, I mean, like I tell people, a lot of those Canada geese, 
they want to go with other Canada geese. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, and Shark had contested this. Um, he, you can hunt a, a whole full goose decoy spread and have ducks work. Mm-hmm. You can't run a full duck goose spread, a duck spread, and have geese work. And, and I remember, and I, uh, there was a day, I mean, you were hunting sharp. The day that we got into those geese real well, I had to call it, I had to call it the, the epic day. You know, that's the day I bragged about this day. But when we were in between volleys, like, we were calling in ducks just, you know, ducks were out of season, but we were calling ducks just to play with the ducks, and they were coming in, you know, searching in, in, in the decoy spreads where if we wanted to, we could have shot a four-man limited ducks, no issue. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have anything on that. Sharp with the whole. I think, I think like you can get away with with calling like that for ducks and a goose spread because you have such big bodied you know decoys out there. So you know a duck like if you see ducks working like feeding or like going working with geese, like they get in with geese and they'll disappear. Like you know you really got to look for them. Whereas like when there's a speck sitting out there with the ducks, it's like okay he's obvious. And like I've noticed too geese look a lot more for like stuff being off than ducks do you know they kind of have that like sixth sense about something being wrong a little bit more than ducks do so your experience with canadians i mean has it been i mean because i know you you, we all know you're the spec guru and i know you're looking to like just push your game with when it comes to geese i mean what have you seen kind of work with canadians so I don't really hunt Canada as much. Um, and being I, an East Coast guy, you didn't hunt them on the East Coast very much. Yeah, I've hunt, I've hunted them back home. So where I am, like where I grew up, we're not a part of any flyway whatsoever. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my buddy has a little soybean farm close. I'll get one on a bit about out of here. We go <laughs> bus park geese. <laughs> Yeah. it's fun i mean they do yeah. it. it it's fun um yeah but like you know it's there's not much and i you can get on some spots back home i got some buddies down down south who actually like get on there's peanut agriculture down there and so they're on peanut fields a lot and i'm he's uh he hunts with me in arkansas on my fun hunt so I, we may try to get him on the he'd be a fun one to get on the podcast because i don't feel like no one talks about that flyway at all and like <laughs> birds like he kills birds like yeah. when you you don't when you think about a pile pick of like ducks and geese you don't think about georgia but like this man puts up pot like piles in georgia so it'd be kind of a cool thing to talk about like the way they hunt stuff what he was telling me on kind of like how that flyway works down there is pretty cool but i guess what i've kind of seen with them is i've always kind of from the hunting I've done is I've tried to go small, like realistic spreads because that's what we're seeing. I'm not seeing big, huge migration groups. I'm seeing local birds, you know? So if you go out yeah. and huge spread on local birds and you got more birds that are in the area, they're going to think like, I guess Canada's here. It'd be like hunting wood ducks, you know? Yeah. Just need to maybe a couple out there to let them know in a few honks. Yeah. You know, a couple it- clucks. It's crazy, man. Some what people don't know is like these geese are not, man. 
they're a lot smarter than a lot of these ducks. And, um, and especially with the species, like you were saying, like Canadians, like, yeah, they're not going to like that big spray, but maybe a snow geese is going to be different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I guess Canada, like, you know, once you get to where yeah. you get large, my- well, with, with Canada geese, those, those big Canada's, you have to, re- or when I say big, you have to really worry, think about two things. You have your, your graders, your big graders, and then you have your cacklers. Um, and then with the graders, you have what I, I would call your local park geese. That yeah. What we reintroduced down here in, in the lower 48. And then you have your migrators. And then you have your cacklers that are all migrators. They're migrating. So, I mean, it's almost three different subspecies of geese. And um, sometimes I think those local park geese are the smartest ones. Uh, not the ones <laughs> we got it. Because they, they kind of know the area where those big migrators, they'll draw into the local geese. I and mean, we've all seen it where okay. you're, hunting, you're hunting adjacent yeah. to yeah. a, um, a okay. golf course or whatever, and they see those locals, and they're like, oh, shit, friends. Well, friends are there. They're safe. Where, you know, because um, like I said, I hunted the East Coast a lot. I hunted the Atlantic Flyway a lot in North Carolina. Where sometimes on non-migration days, where we had the you know obviously early September local season was you know we mopped up the dumb ones, but the ones that they knew that but we know we don't feed there. Nice try, guy. We're going over where we've been feeding you know for the last two years, you know. So, so I I definitely agree. I guess what I've would say about that is the pressure so like the locals that i've hunted have had no pressure so yeah just you know no pressure no nothing they're dumb birds but but once you get locals that are hunted heavily and they stay on that the heavy pressure all the time then they get really smart then like it happens what you said joe is like oh you think y'all are gonna run traffic on us local birds no we're going not son yeah, right there. Yeah, we're here from we're from the Raleigh Durham area. We ain't yeah, from uh, Manitoba. Oh, y'all don't have any Wonder Bread? We're out. We're yeah, out. yeah. Like you guys are saying, man. I I agree. I think. Um, I mean, I'm with you, man. Like some of those. Uh, so I'm gonna say this it, it, with my the the Canadians I'm hunting here. They're they're definitely the locals because they're going from one point to the other point. They're not. They they're not doing it because I've seen guys out there where I hunt at and they're they're having they have they have geese spreads they have all kinds of stuff they're calling and they they want nothing to do with them so yeah well and and it's a lot of time what I've noticed is they get called out a lot too much mm-hmm. um like I am not a good I could do a I could spec call um I'm probably an average spec caller mm-hmm. um you know. My youngest Landon, um, shout out to him, buddy. I know you listen, but um, he got into he wants a Canada, he wants to compete in Canada and Canada calling. So I got him a nightmare on stage and um, from Zinc calls. And you know, he has a competition, you know, and you know, he's a you know, me and my sons, he's a Canada goose caller at 11 years old. Um, and it's it's more with. 
not how great you can call, but when the when the call, I mean, kind of like ducks, when the call and what sound to make at the right time when it comes to those Canada those Canada geese, those big honkers. And I think for for you, Chris, like if you're saying if you're hunting a lot of locals, I think the better thing would be for your spread is go for like realism, like get. Go for realistic and locals. Go for small realistic spreads and small realistic calling. You know, like Joe said, you know when when you hear them kind of in those small groups, they're doing those ground murders. They'll occasionally, you know, you'll get some clucks and stuff in there. I think that's like especially when I've when I've found like local birds is go smaller, go more realistic and. That's that tends to make the help. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try that next year for sure. But um, I guess enough enough of me. Let's let's get into the yeah. whole uh, good old Joe. All right. <laughs> let's get his whole uh, his whole spill because uh, this is gonna be another hour. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, buckle up. Yeah, buckle yeah. up. So kind of like with Chris, I'm I'm not with Chris uh, Sharp. I'm in the same way, man. So I've gone through waiters in the last past. Five years. I probably, um, like I said, I'm not guiding for money. I guide for vow and honor, taking out service members and their families out hunting for nonprofit organizations. Um, but so usually I'll hunt of a 60 or 76 day season of counting teal season. I'm hunting about 40 days a year. And um, there is a lot of good uh, waiter systems out there. I've used a lot of them, um, but uh, this year I'm I'm going with the front zip from um, Drake. So it's the front zip gradient Drake Elite Four layer system. And for me, I was torn between. Um, the Drake and the Shin. Um, I like the Shin. I like the Shin a lot. I think they're a great design. But it's real weird out in Louisiana, and I hunt in hunting with Valinana. I hunt in different states. Um, I think if Shin would have had a um, a liner system, I probably would have went with them. But, I mean, if you look at the Shin and the Drake, the only real difference I've seen besides the warranty is the, um, the liner system. Now, looking at the liner systems, this year, I bashed Banded for years. I was a big anti-Banded dude. I bought a pair of Banded waders this year. I bought the Red Zone Elite 2s, and I actually liked them. There was a couple modifications that I made personally. Um, I use Flexio on all the um, seams because we all know with waders, it's the seams that go out first. But I definitely did like that the, how they had a two-layer pant system. Um, mm-hmm. I think that made sense, and it added extra protection to extra seam to expose seams. Um, and they were insulated so that I couldn't take out the, the, the liners. Um it gets hot out here in Louisiana. So sometimes I'd sweat a little bit too much in those. But I'll tell you right now, with those, I had no 100%, no leaks in them. Once I flex sealed all the seams on the inner layer and, you know, 
give them a little bit extra protection. Which I mean, and they're very comfortable. The only thing, the only bad things I don't like about the Bandit is they're kind of baggy. They're like little MC Hammer pants. Yeah. But besides that, like people can knock them. I knocked them. I like them. Uh, I'm gonna wear yeah. them as well. They're gonna be a pair of my backup waiters. Um, I, I have them in the in the bottom land. Um, and when I'm hunting, the, when I'm chasing wood ducks, those will be my primary waiters. But yeah. for the marsh and for t- early teal season. I'm gonna get those front zip grading uh elite four-layer system. So the reason why I like the four-layer system is like I said, teal season, I could take the um the inner layer out. What I you know doing research on and hearing other people talk, um when you have a removable outer or the removable layer, right? They didn't have to sew it into the seams of the waiter. So it's less yeah. holes you're poking into your seam. So that's less likely of chance to leak um, mm-hmm. off the seam on your weakest points because it's just an adhesive Velcro that can, I can come in and out. So there's less holes poked into your waders. That's why I like them. The second thing why I like them, because I, you know, we talked about plenty earlier. I was honestly thinking between um the Sheen and the um Sitka, the solid brown Sitkas, uh, which those yeah. are good looking waiter. Um just like you said, the boot foreskin. I would call the boot foreskin. <laughs> this is kind of kind of kind of me just talking. Take, yeah. take how it is. Um, I've noticed that hey man, a little bit extra protection over that boot area where we all know in the waiter game, um the boot area and the crotch area are the weakest points. The crotch area because you're coming in and out of boats. I hunt in small water boats. I hunt, you know, in and out of boats where I'm getting in and out. Those waders and those seams are getting stretched. And I, I hunt, I hunt timber and marsh and you know, those last season rice fields get in and out of the pit line. So you know, those are stressed. That that crotch seam is a stress point. Also. Hunting those type of environments, you have the the boot where the boot's been in contact with rice stubble, you know, um, the cypress knees, um, sawgrass. So I like that a little bit of extra cover above over the the boot part. Also, um, I've never personally used a front zip, but it makes sense. It's easier to get in and out, and I like the. Um, Detachable, where I could use them during teal season. I can remove the the um, insulation, and then during when it gets cold, I can put the insulation back. Or if I go hunt up north again, I can put the insulation back because when I was hunting up north, it was like five degrees. It's cold. Um, also, they're not super baggy like the um, the banded. They're kind of more streamlined, where they're. Um, more form-fitting, unless of that baggy, swishy stuff, which gets kind of tiring when you're walking into public land. You have more friction and more weight on, you know, when you're walking in the water. Um, I also like, if you look, the sleek pockets, and all the pockets have have waterproof zip lines. So all the, you know, I have a mesh pocket that I can put random shells in or whatnot that I can easily access to, but I also have fleece line pockets that are waterproof that have waterproof zippers on it to keep dry, yeah. keep my phone in there, 
a license or, you know, just a dry place to stuff my hands in. So, um, also, I got a good deal on them. Um, everyone knows, or maybe not everyone knows, but hey, um, Max 5 is going away. This summer, yeah. they're releasing Max 7 from um, Realtree. So, I got almost, almost $100 off on a pair of waders for Max Max 5 um, camo. Yeah. I really like, I'm a big fan of Max 5 camo. Uh, I'm not a big mossy oak, uh, real tree type of guy. I love bottomland. I love real timber. I love shadow grass. I love Max Five. Um, I love the habitat. I love the I love the Bayou cat camo. I mean, look at here. I like. I'll even wear the old school. So I mean, to get a hundred dollars off on a pair of waders because it's uh, a year old camo. I'm all about yeah. that. But it's like. We pay a pretty dollar for this, so anytime you can get the cut corners a little bit on, on cost, I'm going to take it. Um, and then, I mean, I was also looking at, to give a noticeable shout-out, I looked at the high-and-dry waders that have come out and have done good things um, because, they, you know, they do have Kevlar um, portions of it. I mean, it's, it's Kevlar. I mean, enough Kevlar can stop a bullet. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> But you know, I'm I'm I do like that boot foreskin, the boot protection. Um, so that's why I went with the Drakes. And like we we're saying, I'm a I'm a Drake fanboy. You guys know so I'm always wearing Drake je- Drake sweaters. Uh, yeah. I'm always wearing Drake, Drake hats. Hat. If I'm, and if I'm not wearing Drake, I'm wearing Tangle Free. Um, Drake doesn't sponsor me whatsoever. Tangle Free does, but also Tangle Free is a brand that I 100 believe in. Uh, they're a hometown brand of mine. Um, so going with number two, yeah, is a tangle-free product. So I told you guys that's the one. So I don't know if you guys know the tangle-free swag blanket. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen that. No, I haven't. Was that uh, what you, uh, you sent me on uh, yeah. Instagram right before we got on? Yep, it sure was. I said to you, Chris, for some reason, they said it was canceled. Uh, so the Tango Free Swag Blanket. So this is going back to my military days. Um, I know I don't, on this podcast and on my Instagram, I really don't talk about uh, oh, what like I would a, call, like call my past life. Um, you know, I talk about jumping every now and then just because that's what if I if anyone knows if I had to give up one thing for duck hunting, it'd be jumping out of airplanes. That was kind of like, like my, a, my Jimmy Jam. Like a, like a ghillie suit. Yeah, you're yeah, so it was like a ghillie suit. Um back in my younger years, I did some reconnaissance work for the army. But it's a ghillie blanket, kind of like a well, we used to call it Yeti Net. Remember, we used to call them yeah. a Yeti Net in the Scout days. So Tangle Free had their um swag blind. And you know, people want to use that outer swag blanket for different reasons. Um, you know, to go with other blinds. So their swag blanket is a is 50 inches in width and 94 inches in length. So pretty decent size. It has a little mesh window for where your face is at. They call it the column window. So you can still be able to call and it won't distort your, the, the noise or muffle the noise any. 
Um, it has a difference of different types of, of camo. It has OptiFade camo, and it has uh, pieces of the a leafy style camo. It was developed for low-profile hunting in the Midwest for dry field hunting. And yeah. goose, for hunting in the goose blinds or whatnot. And um, uh, to hunt within the, within the goose decoys. Now, I know I don't hunt that way down here in Louisiana, but what I do is I'm a very big kayak and P-Row hunter. And sometimes some water is a little deep where I can't stand in. So if I could drape that over me and not have to have a kayak blind where I could just use that, lay that blanket over me, it covers my kayak. Uh, I'm usually hunting out of a, a creek boat in 98. Um, that will cover 90% of that blind. I'll be con- completely concealed and I'm real low profile when I'm hunting in cattle who lack a scene or even in the timber area. Um, I can hunt that, be real, check 100% camouflage for these late season ducks. And I think that this year for the way I'm going to hunt, I'm going back to be a public land hunter. I'm not going to get me a lease this year. I think that will be the a little bit of the extra going that extra mile to kill you know a few more ducks this year especially in the later season of wary ducks that have been you know that have been been very well educated and i could one you know roll it up stuff it behind me and still paddle in and out without having a actual blind that's kind of in my way of um <laughs> you know of paddling and all my gears real accessible and stuff like that. So, Joe, have you, have you seen uh, have you seen dive bombs? They kind of have one like that, and there's they have like buckles and stuff on it to where it rolls up and like buckles up almost. Yeah, so it'd be a little bit compacts a little bit easier and breaks down. Yeah. Then you want to have like you know mesh parts hanging out when you're in your kayak. Yeah, uh, I haven't really looked at the specs on it. I know they they came out with it for that uh kickback. Yeah, that kickback. I I really do like that kickback. I, I like the I, kickback. I like the adjustability of it. I hunted out of it this year, and it is nice. Dad it, and I got one just for him and I personally, and it is it is nice. It is nice just having that. And then, like you said, throw a ghillie blanket over you and zip tie some some grass to it instead of having to brush all the layout blinds. You know, you're yeah. you're set up a lot faster. And for I guess for me, that kickback chair, it's a lot easier to stack a bunch of those and a bunch of layouts. Yeah. Now yeah. I know me, I know me and you, we hunted in that little weekend that we hunted together. We hunted in pit blinds, layouts, you know, you, at one point you were covered in a, a homemade gilly blanket. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a blind that one morning. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> for you going with, with those, bl- uh, those blankets style hunting, what do you preference more those over a um a layout blind or actual coffin blind as some may say i guess i guess let's hit the pros and the cons of it i think pros is like packing in wise a lot easier less weight packing in easier yeah. easier to take down um for me calling wise i can like move a little bit more like i'm one of those people where when i'm in a layout blind i'm like rolling around twisting flipping i'm looking yes looking every which way yeah so you get a little bit more like range of motion and like 
uh, you're not as concealed in. I will say that the one thing, so the the con about those is putting, I haven't tried to clients in them yet because I'm not like, I'm not hiding in the decoys. So, you know, they don't have decoys and stuff all around them. We're usually hiding on an edge or something like that. Yeah. And it's more movement is more easily seen, you know, like that guy moving his leg or that guy grabbing for his gun with that mesh moving have you get a lot more movement than someone doing that grabbing motion in a layout blind, you know, putting their hand on it. You don't have the whole entire layout movement. Whereas if you don't, you know, if you don't have someone who's used to hunting out of that uh, mesh blanket, they're going to be moving and, you know, flare birds. And it's hard, especially when you're, when you're guiding and you're calling birds, it's hard to keep your eyes on people while you're watching yeah i'm concentrating on what the birds are doing i'm not looking down the edge but then you know when birds are 50 yards out about to set up and they just start busting out it's like okay and then you also you have also think about the safety aspect of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's what i've learned taking you know more novice hunters is the safety aspect and that's where i'm kind of tied between I don't want to use a traditional kayak blind, uh, layout blind because there is they are good. Yeah, but I feel like there's sometimes there's more things that people can get hung up on, and gun barrels start going certain ways. Or flipping the blind and even falling in the water. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah. So that's my yeah. thought. So what's your what's your surprise? My surprise, and this is a big one. Though. When you guys talk about, we could talk about another hour. Um, this is the one I think me and old Sharp here will banter back and forth a little bit, and you'll you'll be asking some questions. Um, so I hunt, man. You guys pick on me about this. I don't consider myself a duck call collector. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't consider myself a duck call collector. And I've had a lot of duck calls, but when I don't use them, I get rid of them. And I trade them and I sell them. I do all sorts of stuff with them, right? And I, I've had all sorts of cut down calls. Um, I have what I call I have one cut down hybrid call that I had that stump made, and I was, you know, I always tell people it's good to have good friends. I have one of his signature. Uh, OTPs, which is a J-frame cut-down hybrid. But I feel after hunting with Jesse this year, I feel that I am missing a little bit of that cut-down style call in my call on my lanyard. Um, people that know me have seen my Instagram posts. I, I run uh, my lanyards are all run the same. I run two um uh, quack, what I call quack and duck calls, two, which are two mallards. What I say quack and duck because people that don't know, a hen pintail makes a quacking noise. A hen spoonbill makes a type of a quacking noise. A hen gadwall makes a type of quacking noise. Obviously, a hen mallard makes the strong, raspy quack that we all know. Mm-hmm. So I'll run two of those at different spectrums. I'll run uh more of a power well not power but a more of an aggressive call and i'll have more of a um finesse call right now i'm always going to run uh an rmc all right or 
RMC, RM call type calls. I run a whistle, I'll run a blue wing teal call, and I'll run two spec calls. Um, and I'm all, you know, so anything from an FT, feed the machine to a cold weather fan to a pothole or a um, 410. Uh, the spec calls, I'm always going to run a rice and spec call. I think they're the best ones on the market, period. Um, people might try to chew me up from them. Hey, Bill Daniels is a great guy. I've had him on the show. He's a good friend of mine. Um, I might be biased or whatnot. He treats me good. I've watched how he treats customers. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to say brand names, but people look at his calls to try to duplicate them. He is the, you know, he makes the the top tier calls. You know, you're laughing because you know it. You know it's true. People look at his calls, they try to duplicate them. Um, we've talked about call makers here on, on, on the show before. It is what it is. Hey me, leave it. It is what it is. Um, he was the one that pioneered the spec call. The guy before him made the um the Shanghai call, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, that's me just nerding out a little bit. But I'm looking at adding a traditional style cut down call. And I've I've personally narrowed it down to either an LA Mondo or a Brute. Um, I I know uh, Sharp, you know of the Brute and you know of the Mondo. Um, I think the Mondo and people there's all sorts of people that make these imitation keyhole calls, whatever. You if you guys hear me, hate me, whatever. What not, but it is what it is. You're not putting anything out revolutionary. You're just copying someone else's design. It is what it is. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, I think the Mondo, RT with the Mondo and um, the Rocking R have taken that cut down style call and uh, you know, come brought something different to the market. That's still in that cut down style call. Um, also, the brute, I think, from Rolling Thunder with the brute or the brute R, have also taken that cut down style call and are not mimicking wow. anybody. They brought something new to the market, revolutionary. Both of those companies. Everyone else, hey man, you're 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 still working off a 1940 old. He'll congratulations. Dude, have you all seen the price of alts going right now? Like call nuts and stuff. It's (laughs) absurd. And I'm going to tell you, all you people out there doing that, forget forget you. This is Joe Spears talking. Forget you. I'm going to say because F you right now. (laughs) Because you're driving up the prices for everyone. And people that are cutting those calls are good dudes. Yeah, I believe in cutting those calls, putting your own your own twist on them. But there's also people out there that are those guys that are cutting those calls. I don't care if it's Thompson, I don't care if it's Bryce Decker, Stump from RM, <laughs> if it's Kurt McCollin, you got hey, F you guys that are taking their calls and selling them for double to make a profit off of their names. F you saying it right now. Hate me if you want. You can take a pull if you want to kick Joe off the show, but that's how I feel. I know some of those guys personally, and there should be no reason why you're making money off of their names. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
Yeah, damn. <laughs> I didn't say damn that's how I feel, man. Like, no, no, you go on Facebook right yeah. now, and yeah. people are selling their, you know, I know what these guys are selling their calls for. 150 bucks for redoing and refurbishing a call, and then they go sell it for 700 bucks. Dude, uncuts are going for 400 on eBay. Yeah. Uncuts. Um, it is because people are taking those calls and selling them for 700 bucks. Dang, damn well knowing that they only paid a hundred bucks for that call. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, the, guy, the guy who's put in the work, the Bryce yeah. Deckers, the Kurt McCollins, the, the the Tom Thomases, the Stumps, the um, uh, Jim Ronquist, the guys that are revolutionary and doing the work and taking the time to innovate this, you know, these calls. They're the ones that deserve the money, not the Joe Blow that had a little bit extra coin, bought a call on Goodwill to flip it to inflate the market. But going back to the calling portion of it, I think I need to add more of that, a different sound, a different cut down sound. Not a lot of guys, guys have them hanging on the, on the lanyards. They don't know how to blow them. Or they haven't practiced well with them. They are a harder call to blow. Um, I've seen guys that you know they come. You know, I've had I've had a Bryce Decker on my lanyard. I've had a Kurt McCone on my lanyard. I've had a mo- different variants of the models on my lanyard, and I'll blow them, and they'll sound good. They'll kill ducks. I won't use them for a while. Believe it or not, if I don't use a call for a while, I go. I sell it. I get rid of it. I trade it. Um, I'm not selling it to make a profit off of it. I'm just usually I sell it just just so my wife doesn't yell at me so I can buy another call. Um, but you know, I think that I think there's a place for those cut down calls. I think they work. Mm-hmm. Um, when you uh, sharp, when you hear them at a uh, people are like, oh man, it's such an aggressive call. But when you hear them at a distance, you know. They sound like a raft of ducks. Uh, for you gun, for you gun guys out there, you know, a good cut down call is a nineteen eleven mm-hmm. of, the, of the of the of the duck call world. They're the you know that that real precision style duck call of duck calling. So, yeah, man. They when you get them in the woods and like you said, you get back away from you hear that echo. It's it sounds it sounds good, especially like. It's crazy when you get a bunch of guys who know how to how to call together. Yeah, you can hear that sequence in the woods. Like you said, I mean, it sounds like a raft of birds. It's it's yeah. freaking cool. It's yeah. a sound to hear. And uh, man, that was great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know one of my little rants. Come out. Yeah. We we can keep on going. Let's leave that for another show. I think <laughs> it's a great one. Um, I think it'll be one that. Uh, uh, one for the ages, anyway. Kill Joe. <laughs> and and uh, I, I mean, right, man, we can keep on talking, man. But um, I think we, I, I think, uh, I think we should stop here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, before we go, Sharp, do you got anything before we go? I'm good, man. That was a good one. The end, the end got heated up. Yeah, my, my bad. <laughs> you could see, and I might even just put his face on the the YouTube. Joe's face, man. There was uh there was some like legit uh, 
Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz hate going on. <laughs> like, I don't know that meme with that kid in high school where it's like his face is turning all red and that big yeah. blood that's coming off. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Joe, you got anything before we go, man? No, man. Hey, for the viewers, hey, um, take what we have to save for a grain of salt when it comes to uh, gear. Find the gear that you know is going to make you more successful this season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Man, you can't even say better than me, but th- that was actually good. Um, I guess I'm going to end it like we always do. I want to thank Val and Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, first responders, and veterans, and uh, everybody that's been with us on this road. Uh, Bill Daniels down at Rockson Custom Calls. We kind of gave a shout-out, man. We want to thank you, Stump, by our, uh, RMC. And, uh, man, uh, uh, thank everybody who supported us from here on out. Uh, if you haven't, hit us up on uh, – Instagram and Facebook on Flyway Connections Podcast and uh, on our YouTube channel. And like always, y'all have a good one and love Alan out there.